0: join yourself so far? How do you like the music? Want to see my black underwear? Nobody spits on the stage at the Premier Club.
1: Party. Party. Okay, this is called Imperialist Catholic Love.
0: let's do this welcome everyone this is another episode of that record got me hi i'm your host rob elba as always it's wonderful having you all with me and this is kind of a special episode we're doing uh it's another one of our mixtape episodes where we invite a guest on and they make a mixtape for us of some songs and we go over it but this is a special one and it's kind of close to home with me in a way that you will that you will see why but hopefully, it has more universal appeal than just uh, than just a particular subject we're talking on. But uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. First, I want to welcome my guest. He's a, he's an artist, he's a DJ, and now apparently he's an author. Right? You're you're an author.
2: <laughs> no, add author to the list. Published author. There you
0: go. Published author. Uh, he's got a, a there, there's a book out now. It's called Punk Under the Sun: 80s Punk and New Wave in South Florida on Hozak Books. Uh, He co-wrote it with Chris uh, Potash But we're talking to today Joey Seaman Welcome to the show, Joey
2: Hey, Rob Thanks for having me, though Appreciate
0: it Yeah, it's great having you And uh, full disclosure Me me and Joey have known each other For a really long time So how how long have you been living in uh, Texas now? (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's true, we have known each other for a long time Back to the Holy Terrors days um, I left Miami in 95, late 95 Okay, So okay. I've been in Texas for like 25 something years
0: Yeah, you have, okay So you've been in Texas 25 years, alright But you obviously, so there, there are people that are really really big advocates and fans of uh, of the scene they're from and and you obviously came up in the Miami uh, yeah. music scene you had a band yourself you were in the Naughty Puritans and you did art for uh, bands and things like that but you uh, so uh, you know I'm thinking of like Leslie from Open Books and we- Records, Leslie Wimmer. You got Jeff Lemlick who did that great book, Savage Lost, Savage Lost, right? Which Jeff I, yeah. I know he was a source Bible. For, for your book, right? Yeah, because he's absolutely. Like... And you got and now you even have. Je- Are you familiar with the Florida Sound Archive podcast, uh, Jeff
2: uh, Kaiser? And Jeff Kaiser, yes. Yeah. We've we've talked to him and I think he's he's invited us to be on his podcast pretty soon. We just haven't set a date yet.
0: You should, yeah, you absolutely should because he's another one. All right, so Joey, before we get uh, before I uh, you know I, I talked to you a little about the book and we go through your mixtape. Here's here's one thing I wanted to ask you, and I figure I'll just get it out of the way because a while ago uh, Charlie Pickett said to me, and this is after you know after he had you know basically Charlie Picknegs weren't you know this is after this is when he was a lawyer already you know when he retired right. from music and was a lawyer. But yeah. he once told me that he had he had toured the country several times and he, he you know he'd been around different scenes and he told me that South Florida had one of the best music scenes and he was sincere. And he said right. he was talking about a few places maybe I think he said Chapel Hill and uh, in North Carolina and uh, maybe Athens Georgia but he said but but none were as like unique and special as South Florida. And you know at the time I'm thinking oh well that's just Charlie saying that of course because he's you know th- that was his scene and everyone thinks yeah. that. Scene is the best, but over the years, I kind of wondered in a
2: way it's kind of true because it really
0: was something unique and special, right?
2: Yeah, totally. I think so. You know, and and I've been getting asked similar ish questions about, like, okay, so what made the South Florida scene worthwhile? Why, Why did you want to write a book about it? And when I really have to start like being introspective and examining like what my whys are, it's because I'm a fan of the music, obviously but it's such a really cool variety of music that you can't pin it down to one style or genre. Um, Like if you like, you say grunge Seattle, like everybody goes, Oh yeah, I understand. It sounds like Alice in Chains or Soundgarden, you know, but the South Florida scene didn't really have that much of a unified sound as it did. Like it was more like a mosaic of different styles. Charlie kind of being like roots Americana kind of rock and roll uh, slide blues guitar kind of gun club ish. Then you have like, the Bobs who were like reggae influenced, or you have, you know, the front who are more pop power pop kind of, you know, you had like this really cool melting pot of different sounds that made up the South Florida sound to me. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and also one thing I always that always that I kind of appreciated later after the fact was how especially in, in the eighties and the early eighties how bands you know original there were so few original clubs that would have original bands that you would have a a a night of not all the same bands not all punk bands you would have like the the toys the, the Z toys you know metal band yeah. playing with uh, Sleep of Reason this like goth band and you have all, and with Charlie Pickett uh, and, and yeah. you know you would have an inner which you uh, in a lot of scenes I don't think they were like that. Because the scenes were the other scenes were big enough where you'd have all the same genre bands playing together, but South Florida wasn't like that.
2: And I mean, we gotta give credit to who deserves the credit on that. Really, that's kind of Richard's vision, right? Was Richard he was Shelter, putting those different course. Yeah, Richard Shelter put those different kinds of bands together. And it really grew the audiences for both bands by exposing them to different stuff that they might not normally go to. Like, you know, like you mentioned Z Toys, they might have drawn like a more of a metal heavier kind of crowd.
3: Wake up in the morning!
2: then they have to listen to you know charlie and then they go oh you know actually i kind of like this too you know so that was kind of his genius.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it really was. And and like I said, it's hard. It's funny. At the time, you don't appreciate it as later on. You know, the, then uh, later on uh, in, in the 90s, I, uh, well, no, actually, in the mid 80s, I, I moved up to Boston for a while and played in a band up there. And that's right. a totally, you know, Boston music scene, you know, college town, there's tons of places to play, but it's different. And it's definitely not, it, it made me appreciate more the South Florida scene, uh, you know, the way it was down here. And I think a lot of it has to do with just uh, where it's located you know, South Florida, it's all the way down at the bottom of the country and uh, right. not as many bands would just run through here because it was a, it was a big thing. You know, they would get into Florida and then they still have to drive another eight, 10 hours to get down to uh, yeah.
2: Miami. Yeah, that's a big factor. And, it, you know, and I kind of I touch on that a little bit. Well, probably, probably more than a little bit, but I talk about that, you know, the the geographic seclusion really kind of played a big part in letting the incubator happen of our our original bands, you know, because they weren't quite so influenced by the touring bands or the, the trend of the day. They were just doing their own thing, you know, right. you know Myron and the two Watts Okay they're doing yeah. their own
0: goddamn thing <laughs> Well yeah that was a big yeah. thing too Like bands just doing their and being willing To be really weird and strange and that was the one Thing like in uh, Boston yeah there's Tons of great bands that come out of Boston and everything but A lot of them are just they're gonna go on stage In their in their street clothes whatever they have a Certain vibe and whatever and they're great they have Great songs but it's like man's here they would Commit some bands would commit like they would put on Full-on you know stage shows and It would be an yeah. e- event just playing And, and that's kind of it, it may to the the other bigger cities that may seem corny, but it's also really cool and unique. And it's like, people just sort of, like you said, totally doing, having the, uh, you know, ha- having the bravery in a way to be doing their own thing. Exactly what they want to do.
2: You know, from, it was a little bit before my time, but from what I've seen and learned about crank, like that's a really good example. Like they were just their own little weird animal. Yes, like exactly. you have Elaine coming out on stage in like full body paint. And, you know, basically the the eggs kind of behind her or the psycho daisies behind her at different times their music is hard to describe now you know it's like it's it's yep. kind of goth it's kind of death rock it's kind of metalish you right, know it's got right, like right, all these right. different elements And, you know, you know, again, goes back to Richard and booking bands and giving them the freedom to do whatever they wanted.
0: Right, 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 right. And just, okay. uh, And so before we get into the song, just for people that may know nothing about this and coming to it, just so you know, this is this in South Florida. This is a time before the Mavericks, before Marilyn Manson, before Newfound Glory. You know, South Florida got known a little bit for some of these bands, but this is before all that.
2: Right. This is. I tried to keep it strictly in the '80s, you know. And a lot of people want to go to the '90s thing because that's what they know, you know. Exactly. Actually, the 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 first publisher who offered us a contract, believe it or not, we actually had multiple contract offers. (laughs) Yeah, I Um, I believe it. I believe it. But they, they when they when they read our proposal, they wanted to know oh, 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 are you going to talk about Meryl Mance? I was like, fuck no, I'm not going to <laughs> No, <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> uh,
0: there's some flyers. I mean, you have some flyers in there or something because, uh, you
2: know, with yeah, you know, uh, like the We got to give a couple little nods as far, just to give people some kind of a, a point of reference, I guess, right. but... Right. Yeah, he didn't happen until like in you know Load, of course, great band, but they were '90s to me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
0: true. And uh, and just yeah, before we get into the thing, I just want to say once again. All right, so the um, Punk Under the Sun it's available at Hozak Books. Uh, so the the best place for people to get it is still going right to their site.
2: Yeah, Hozak. yeah. That that would be the best way is directly buying it from the site. That's going to be the least of, the the least. Expensive way to get it, I guess. Not expensive, but the cheapest way to get it is directly from the publisher, Hozak Records. Um, he he puts a couple of copies out on Amazon, but they charge a lot of extra you know, for having it hosted there. So right, right, go right. directly to Hozak. And he's got a lot of great rock and roll titles too.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, they're they're great. Uh, but yeah, I just wanna I just wanna say I mean it, it, again, it, it's me. It's sort of I grew up at this time, so I know it. So of course I love it. But I'm telling you, just trying to be as objective as possible. It's just you guys did a really, you and Chris both did a really great job on this. I mean, you did. Thank you. Uh, you got so many, so much great uh, information in there, and it's so vibrant. And I think it really paints a great picture of the scene. And it's put together. Just the book itself is like. Great. It's just a, you guys did a really good job. And uh so
2: thank you. Thank to... you. And I'm going to tip my own hat and say, I also designed the book. I did all the graphic design. I had a layouts, feeling. Yeah. You so... being an artist, yeah, graphic <laughs> designer helped. It, it definitely I, helped, I'm sure. And that was another one of our sticking points with the first uh, contract offer. They wanted to design it. I was like, no, no fucking way. I got to design this because I have a vision of how I want it to look, the photos I want to include, you know, like, there's some there's some really really cool photos, especially all of Jill, Jill Kahn's photos. Oh, she's Amazing. great. Jill
0: Kahn is like a is like a hero of uh, of the South Florida music scene because yeah, yeah, she was all over, and and, and she's still and she's still taking pictures and
2: and doing it. She's, she's badass. She's a badass. Yeah, and we and we brought her on the panel that we did at the Miami Book Fair in November, and she just hearing her talk, it was really. I, I'm maybe going off on a little tangent here, but. You know, you and I are a little bit older guys now, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, there was a lot of, you know, the younger kids the you know, let's say 15 to 20 ish year old kids at our, at our talk. And a lot of them were girls, you know, like young girls, possibly in bands. And it was really cool and impactful to see those girls in the front of our panel watching Jill and Leslie and listening to every word that they were saying about like, how do you navigate being a woman? In, like, a super male dominated scene, you know, right. and, how, and not only that, but Jill was like on both sides of the fence. She was a photographer and a fan of bands, and then she was playing at the Psycho Daisy. So she's, you know, gotten to see both sides, and yep. that was really cool.
0: Right, for sure. But uh, yeah, th- and, and that's another cool thing that maybe I think we had down here is it was, there was kind of a, respect people had it wasn't as uh, clicky down here i feel like because it really couldn't be when well, it seems that small you really can't be clicky you know because you got to kind of it, embrace things more and, and you know as we said that was kind of the genius of richard shelter was that his whole thing was if you're a great band you're a great band i don't give a, the, a fuck what kind of music you play
2: or what you you know what you call right. it put on a good show
0: it put on a good show. In original music, yeah. And uh, all right, so what I did was I asked uh, Joey to put together a mixtape. I I kept them to twelve songs, but I'm sure you could put together a fifty song mixtape of, of songs, that you like, <laughs> yes, right? Yes,
2: I could. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> It was really hard for me to narrow it down to 10-12 songs and I was just like, shit, man, I want to do like 20. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, I would I, I I think I can put together a pretty good playlist now. <laughs> you
0: did a good but I you, you did a good job especially for someone that doesn't know anything about it because it's just just me listening I'm thinking, "Wow, man, what a varied mix of, you know, things. This this isn't just all hardcore. You know, totally. you could do a thing of certain scenes and it would be mostly hard like like half of them would be all hardcore bands and or right. this, but it's not that at all. One thing I just want to ask you before we get through it. I'm curious, was it uh, did you purposely not put the eat on it did, did you figure the eat like everyone knows the eat shit
2: <laughs> shit! did i forget to put the eat on you
0: forgot to. it's all right oh, uh, no
2: no, <laughs> no i did i forgot i i, I had I, I wanted to put uh communist radio obviously like that that's like what i wanted to put can we add it
3: I walked out.
0: I <laughs> will I'll play, obviously, I'll play okay. The Eat, because I, I was going to mention, just just off the top of my head, there's other bands, there's like The uh, you know the Eat, obviously, Communist Radio is ground zero, I mean, yeah. there's a reason why Record Collector, why it's worth so much money, it isn't just because it's some weird collectible, it's because it's, uh, it's great, it's fucking great, it's a great song, it's a great single.
2: And Eddie told me the story about that single, because I was talking to him, you know, when I was uh, writing the book, and he said that they had just gotten it printed up, and they had brought them for the New Year's Eve show that they did at Sunrise Musical Theater. And they were throwing them out to the crowd, but the crowd were like punk rock, whatever, you know, and like stepping on on the brakes. Oh, I, oh I know. Back. And I'm like, holy shit, oh my God. <laughs> you're do you realize what you guys did? <laughs> yep.
0: It's true. Anyone, anyway, if you hear these songs, you say, wow, man, that's interesting. Get get Joey's book. Other bands, there's the E, there's the cichlids. I know you don't have the cichlids. it's the same old.
2: Where, where would you, what would you drop off of my list to put them in?
0: No, I'm not dropping anything off. It's your list. It's fine, <laughs> and it's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, I was thinking F, obviously uh, Z Toys. We, we mentioned Z Toys already. Uh, Z
2: Cars. They were both. Both of them are in my folder that I have on my desktop of songs. And I was just of course. Like, of how do course. I get this down? And I could probably drop a couple of these and switch them around. No, but no, eat, but know, it's I'm fine. A, I'm a Libra, and my Libra brain is fucking with me about what to include and not to include. No, don't
0: worry about it. But you're um, right.
2: eat 100.
0: Yeah. Um, Radio Berlin. I mentioned Sleep of Reason, which were another great band yeah. from the time. Totally different too, but yeah, there's there's tons of bands, tons of uh, to check out that I didn't even mention. All right, but let's get uh, let's get going with your list. I'm really I'm glad you started with Critical Mass because for me that was the first when I was down here. I, I, I was a kid and I remembered. It was exciting, like critical mass. Th- so this song we're playing is, was their single, like a uh, first single they yeah. put out on their own, right? Yeah.
2: And, and largely most people consider it to be like the first punk Miami single or whatever, you know, the first single that was in the punk style that came out. And I think it came out in 78 if I'm not, mistaken and oh wow it's good yeah you know and it was like they beat a lot of they beat a lot of people to the punch on getting it pressed to vinyl you know
0: they did and it's funny i don't because i i remember like i was gonna say i remember when they got signed to mca and they put out it's what inside that counts and it was fucking exciting because the the whatever the local rock station i forget if it was she or it could have been k102 but they were playing it on the radio <laughs> they yeah, were playing yeah. the, you don't mean that much to me
2: Neil Mursky was a big fan of theirs, you know. I think I think it was uh, she. I think I, ha- I have to go back to know. Probably, and all that,
0: yeah. It, it probably was she because this could have been even before K one hundred and two because they didn't exist for that long. <laughs> but um, Mick Fad, yeah. At the end of the day, Mick is fucking great songwriter. And just uh, when you hear this, you will and a
2: personality. I, oh my Mick god, yeah.
0: But but just at the end of the day, great songs. And I will tell people when when you go through these songs, forget. All right, you know uh, Robert Pollard, you know uh, Billy Joe Armstrong these down here we had people doing the fake british accent way before all the <laughs> people doing the fake british accent
2: yeah <laughs> right sure. all right yeah. let's
0: start it out with uh critical mass silver screen A long time, and I forgot. Obviously, these are kids that heard the uh, Sex Pistols and were like, "Holy
2: shit!" <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And the the flip side of this is also good. You know, it's like both songs are just good, scorching rock songs.
0: Right, right, yeah. Because that's the end of the day. It wasn't obviously they're influenced by the Sex Pistols. They want to maybe sound a little like Johnny Rotten, but at the end of the day. If you don't write good songs yourself, then it's just going to be, you know, derivative, but it's right. not going to be anything great. But uh, right. and uh, yeah, definitely they had the goods to writing in the songs, too.
2: And, you know, what the, the cool thing about them, I and, you know, obviously chronologically, they put out the first punk single from South Florida. But also they were like one of the first uh, original music bands that started playing at the Tight Squeeze Club. So they kind of kicked in that door, like along with the Reactions and the E and the right. Cichlids. Right, you right, know, right. So they were like right there with all of. Them.
0: Yeah, that, that, that was the other thing about South Florida but at that time. It, most of the clubs they would have cover bands that would have to play like four or five sets
2: a night. That's um, what I've heard. Four sets a night because they covers. were open till
0: fucking six a.m. Florida didn't. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they'd be open at six a.m. So you would play four or five. So yeah, it was cover band. So for a band to say no, we're going to do originals. And do it It was a sacrifice Because obviously You're just gonna uh, Unless you're like The uh, front Where you have Fucking 25 great songs And you could do Two sets of originals That's true you know, Yeah but that was Such rare songs Yeah yeah But that was rare Um, Yeah but it was Kind of a thing Like you said They were uh, to, to be able to play And obviously A lot of bands You had like Z Toys that Kind of did both Because they had Their original set But then they would Also do They play the Treehouse and stuff And do their uh, Cover right. stuff too Yeah which right. is fine Because it was the only way If you really wanted to, to make some money And play all the time You would have to do that in florida and and, and
2: and you know uh zed cars who you mentioned earlier i think that was kind of what they had to do as well they had to they, i think that they put a lot of originals out but they also had to do their covers oh yeah so they did like but a, they were always hybrid
0: but but the bands the really good bands would do really great covers you know they do like the right. who and they wouldn't do like obvious songs they do like deep cuts of bands that they loved and uh, so a lot of people wouldn't know, wouldn't even know if it was an a original or a cover
2: because, you know. You know, until I got older, speaking of bands, South Florida bands doing covers, I didn't realize Charlie Pickett, man, he is the master of picking out the obscure covers. Oh, of course. So many of, course, of his yeah. songs. Oh, I, I remember seeing him at Churchill's one time and he was, he played the song and he stopped and he was like, okay, who knows this song? And I was just like, what the fuck song is it? You know, and it was, uh, are you a boy or are you a girl by the Barbarians? You know? Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Holy shit, I got to go look this up now too, you know. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, well it's I got good for yeah. education.
0: Yeah, well I definitely I got some Charlie Charlie stories relating to that. We'll get when we get up to his track, but uh so the okay. the second song you have on there is the Reactions. Of course you have to put the Reactions on there. Another band that I remember in in real time. I remember them putting out the official release. I remember buying it at Open Books and Records. I got the official release and going home and just just being blown away. I guess if you could say Critical Mass were like our Sex Pistols, the Reactions were like a Buzzcocks, like our uh, Buzzcocks.
2: Right. I also pin them down as being like, you know, when people ask me like, who were the first ones, you know, cause that, I don't know why people want to know that, but I, I do. Right. So <laughs> I think, I think, you know, from everything that I've heard, read, found out, talked to people, they were one of the first ones who were playing punk shows at the blue waters hotel. Right. On yes. the beach. And apparently it was like, immediate success like they automatically had like full capacity crowds at the Blue Waters yeah I guess I remember
0: seeing them at at the Blue Waters and yeah they were great there was lines there was lines of people out the door which is unheard of people were hungry
2: for it People were ready for that shit. They were. Know? They were
0: hungry for ready for it. All right. You had Isaac Baruch, the great Isaac Baruch, what a great songwriter. <laughs> Johnny Salton on bass, <laughs> the great Johnny yeah. Salton, uh, who would go on to be Charlie Pickett's uh, and the Eggs, the guitar player, he's on <laughs> bass in this. Tony yep. Supa uh, singing. Who I don't know. Tony Supa. That was it. After this man, he he got married. Right. And... Right. And
2: I, I couldn't. You know, I asked all the, all the guys who so I could get in touch with. Joey and Isaac. I was like, okay, so where is he? You know, and they're like. No idea. Haven't heard from him. Never see him. And I'm like, really?
0: (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's crazy. Disappeared. Yeah, and of course uh, Joey Maya, you were uh, you mentioned who went on later, played with Battalion of Saints and Circus of Power. But he was like when I when I went when I had with my fake ID saw them uh, whatever at Blue Waters and stuff. He was like the same. I was like a sixteen kid. He was like a sixteen year old
2: kid. He was still going to Miami Beach High or North Miami Beach High, right? You know, know, he was still in classes and playing in the punk band. So that was really cool.
0: It is cool, and uh, yeah, uh, great song. Good
2: looking. He's still young and good looking. I I know. You
0: know that that bothered. That's the one thing that really. Annoys me, but <laughs> he still looks so good. Um, all right, so uh, you picked a great song. I've reaction. This is like one of my favorite songs. I've listened to in society.
1: So you ain't getting any younger, and you're starting to lose the heart So prevalent, things that were important yesterday just don't mean as much today. In fact, they seem irrelevant. You're feeling so confused and lost. Never thought they could put a cost on your dreams and your ambitions. Now you've got a family to support. Every weekday night you report to an office at second Welcome to the land of opportunity While well, you shake the hand of conformity And tell me how does it feel to be here It's a society?
3: It's a sighting It's a It's a
0: Great. Great song. And once again, uh, we don't know much about uh, singer Tony Supa, but we do know that he was not from the UK. He was not British, but again, you got a little bit of that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Great song. And, um, you know those those singles again, also super rare, hard to find. Yeah. If you could find the reactions, "Love You" or the, the official release, man, you're sitting on some gold.
0: Yep, <laughs> <laughs> but great. But uh, at the end of the day, just great songs, great stuff, really, really special. And uh, all right, so now we got "Screaming Sneakers." We got so so Joey. I, I appreciate you putting yourself in me, like we're both old guys, but you are younger than me, and you. So I I think <laughs> like. <laughs> when I, then I remember if you were into, you know, the, the original band, the punk band, there were two girls and bands that you had crushes on. One was... Lisa Nash. Yeah, well, Lisa Nash, <laughs> of course, was one. I mean, if you saw, yeah, you immediately had a crush on her. And also, um, Susan...
2: Uh, Susan Robbins from the Cichlids. From the Cichlids, yeah, Susan from the Cichlids, yeah. yeah
0: everyone had a crush yeah. on her. But also, yeah, Lisa Nash, but... The thing about scream and Sneakers were they they had the goods too. Uh, Lisa, Gary, Sunshine. They were like, all right. If uh, I'm, I sort of found bands for each one. They were like Blondie. They were like our Blondie. If uh, a totally, if totally. Uh, critical mass, sex missiles, reaction, buzzcocks. They were uh, they were our Blondie.
2: <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um. He, and Gary Gary told me a really interesting story about. Uh, you know, they were kind of bouncing between Florida. Nothing's happening. Going up to New York. Nothing's happening. Right. You know, trying to find it. And one time while they were up in New York he was like you know we we were doing a record showcase to get a record deal and the other band that was on the showcase was the blue flames which was cindy lopper's original band oh wow and he was like they walked away with it and we didn't get it and after that they kind of you know fizzled out yeah and it's just like man it took a cindy lopper you know to knock them out, out yeah of right position. exactly <laughs> it's, it's insane because they were so good and the songs are They still stand up
0: They still stand up And this is a great uh, This is a great single A great uh, A great example Of of, again Something a little different Coming out of South Florida It's listed to Screaming sneakers Violent (laughs) days So good. You know, when I go back and listen to these songs, I still, I forget how great they all are. They're just so great.
2: Yeah, you know, and I did um, I did a radio show here in Dallas a couple weeks ago, and, and these guys are, you know, one of them is a good friend of mine, but, you know, they had no idea what I'm talking about. You right. know, they're from Dallas. They're a little, even younger than me. They're like, what are you talking about, dude? So, like, I brought music, and I played for two hours, you know, so you can imagine that set list. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. But the, the one thing... Objectively, that came from them is this stuff sounds fresh. It sounds like it's current music right now.
0: Right. And I was like, I was going to say. It doesn't
2: sound dated. The production isn't that off you know it's like it all sounds relatively current
0: yeah they were very a lot of them were very ahead of their time in what they were doing like just there you hear Gary Sunshine with the uh the processed effects on his guitars and stuff I mean other bands in other places weren't doing that they were maybe just plugged right into the amp or something like that you totally, know so, totally yeah yeah definitely uh yeah a lot of bands and and again it could be just because we were in this isolated area where you sort of had left your own devices to do whatever you wanted and you maybe weren't so influenced on everyone else so, oh well he has a Marshall he's plugged straight into Marshall stack I guess I got to do that too you know
2: right right you know and the cool other cool thing about Screaming Sneakers is like Gary and uh oh got it blanking on the bass player's name but they they went on to you know Circus of Power they went on to Warrior Soul you know they the seed that was planted 30 years ago whatever it was 40 years ago you know bloomed out into all these other bands you know which is very cool you know Battalion of Saints Joey Maya right same right, kind right. of thing
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It is cool. All right. So now we get uh, Charlie. Of course, you got to have Charlie picking the eggs. The most, I, I would say, Charlie picked the most <laughs> unlikely punk icon, right? Because what? <laughs> totally.
2: Yeah. You know, so I, I, I played, I played, so I made a, a little set, uh, playlist on Spotify, you know, and I found whatever I could find and put it, cobbled it together for my boss. And he wanted to hear it. And he's like, Yeah, I thought your book was about punk. But, you know, that Charlie Pickett stuff threw me. I go, Dude, no. Charlie, to me, he's more punk than a guy with a mohawk, you know, because they had a different look. You know, they had jeans, work boots, you know, just Pearl Snap shirts and guitars, you know, that's it. Yep. Um they stood up there with everybody and they played with all the punk bands.
0: All the punk bands. And I and I will say I have to another shout out to Leslie Wimmer of Open Books Records, Leslie and Ted, because that was the genius of them to see Charlie and say, no, this is got we're let's we're gonna put out a record by this guy. And it and 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 they did and it was great. Yeah. But yeah, Charlie, what I was going to tell you was that I learned about the Velvet Underground, uh, about the Flaming Groovies.
3: Yeah, yes. From All Charlie. From Charlie, dude. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right.
2: <laughs> and, and this is his best known song. At least if you were, you know, saw him at any time during the 80s, you know, this was like his show closer if this is love can can i get my money back and even that's a cover which i didn't know by his cousin <laughs> written by his cousin right written by his cousin mark markham who in him. the 60s thanks to jeff lemlick's book you know he goes into a little bit mark markham and his jesters yep. originally recovered covered this uh wrote this in marlborough country both
0: that's right and which charlie did both but charlie can't help but make a song his own because he's, he's charlie there's only one Charlie. Brown, so. yeah. you know, and,
2: and, and like he told me he, he said, you know, he wanted his initial impulse to form a band was just to have the Velvet Underground played on a on a music stage in Florida, you know? Yeah, so it's like Mission accomplished.
3: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> All right, let's do the great if this is left. So great. So great. Excellent. Yep. It is excellent. All right. So now we got Rock City Angels. So they're interesting because you're so you're too young to remember their first band because what was the first band that those guys? The The
2: Abusers. The Abusers. Yes. Yeah. And I know that because Roger from the Drills would say before they were the Drills, they were called the Upsetters. And he said when they would play Flynn's that Richard would introduce them as. You know, you got abused by the abusers. Now you're going to be upset by the upsetters. (laughs) So.
0: (laughs) And uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So they became Rock City Angels. Bobby, I love it because I remember Bobby. He was Bobby Bondage in The Abusers. And then he became Bobby (laughs) St. Valentine for a little bit. Right. And then wasn't Bobby Durango the
2: last? Durango. (laughs) Last one. Yeah. I
0: mean, I don't even know. I don't even know his real last name.
2: I don't either, dude.
0: You know? <laughs> uh, well, uh, rest in peace. Uh, he went to, and I would, I yeah. would just say this. I didn't, I didn't know those guys well, but Bobby, whenever I did meet him, he was just like a really sweet guy, a really nice, sweet guy. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and this is uh, definitely the New York dolls, uh, you know, the South Florida's yeah. New York dolls, rock city angels. And
2: how I found them just real quick. Larry, um, was I, I picked up this cassette at the old yesterday and today records on bird road because i was like into anything glam at that time you right, know like right. i love the dolls Hanoi rocks and i saw this cassette with like lipstick on it and i was like yeah give it to me uh, five that's bucks. me cool. yeah <laughs> well spent i still have that that exact same cassette so oh, i nice. held on to it
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and this, yeah you if you just give you don't tell someone they could you could tell them this oh this is a I'll take like a song that was never released yeah. from uh New York Dolls and they're, 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 totally they're, Yeah, it's believable. totally believable. Uh it's a great song list to Teenage Lipstick Boaz. Great stuff. And probably, I mean, there's really kind of a tragic uh, old story about these guys because they probably came as close
2: to anyone as being like, they basically could have been uh, Guns N' Roses. That's right. You know, and so the overall theme that you might not get, maybe you do, I don't know, if you look at the book and, you know, obviously you grew up in that scene, so you know it. So many good bands and nobody was able to like break through the ceiling, you know, like nobody, nobody, a couple, they did. My my criteria for that is, you know, you signed a major record label deal. They had to move about to L.A. to do that. Right, 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 right. Um, and from everybody who I could, you know, who who was around the L.A. scene at that time, they were like a competitor, a close competitor with Guns and Roses. And the the myth, the mythos is. Geffen signed them and shipped them off to Nashville to get them out of the way. So the guns and roses could ascend.
0: They didn't want, yeah, they didn't want, they were too close. And they said, well, we're going to put all our, all our, uh, all our might behind guns and roses and get these guys out of the way. Yeah. They also, they also had the little, uh, (laughs) I guess Johnny Depp was in them for a little while played for them for a little while. right?
2: Right. So I guess when the kids finished and they moved or didn't finish when the kids moved out to LA, in between when he before he became an actor he was playing with them you know because he was like okay these are the guys same guys i know from fort lauderdale whatever you know so yeah yeah they were yeah so they played together and they credit him with one of the songs on their album god i'm forgetting the name of it i think it was called something i don't know
0: (laughs) okay uh, young man blues that young man blues
2: album yeah Okay. But I don't know. I forgot. There's one song that that Depp got cr- writing credit for.
0: Okay, well, good for him. That's so uh, You <laughs> mentioned the kids, so I. I wasn't even going to mention, but I just want to say one little pet peeve I have about that is how some people want to blow blow it out like the kids and johnny when the kids were 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 part of this whole original music scene and no they weren't i'm not saying the kids were were a, a button south band that played covers a button south that was them
2: correct that's what i yeah i've i've been able to dig up a couple of their originals very um solid 80s power pop mtv style movies. yeah yeah like, right know, like- in line with, like, the Romantics or something, you know?
0: Exactly, exactly. I don't
2: think they were known for their originals as much as they were, uh, like, Tight Squeeze were. You know, I think maybe a bigger band that were known for their, you know, that they were tied to their originals a little bit more than the kids
0: yeah no they weren't and the thing is they didn't if they had made the effort they didn't they wouldn't go to like or 27 birds and do their original and do sets of that they wouldn't do that so it's like if they did that then i'd give them maybe i'd say "Oh, okay they did that but no they didn't they basically you know once in a while they would open if they would open for a band obviously then they would play their originals but aside from that you know uh opening for bands in like big theaters like a a sunrise musical theater i just saw them a couple times they opened for the uh, pretenders and a couple other things you know But they really weren't Part of the scene. That's all right. It's fine. Johnny's a nice guy. I went to high school with to include him.
2: I had, <laughs> I had to, to include him. You no,
0: know? no, you had to put him in. the Yeah, yeah, no, because it would be. Yeah, if not, it would, it would be like
2: everybody would go. Oh, but what about? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll I'll give the kid from Miramar a little bit of uh, column
3: inches. <laughs> and then I, I remember,
0: at least back then, I don't know. He's kind of weird now. I don't. I don't even get. I don't get his weird accent or what's going on with him. But back then, he was a nice. He, he was a nice kid. <laughs> nice quiet kid. Uh, that was that was good, good. Way way too good looking for his own good. <laughs> right. <laughs> same. Yeah, I never I never forget <laughs> this is embarrassing but my mom, you know, Jewish mom, She used to say, cuz you know, we went to high, like I said, we went to high school together. We went to Mama high and she say, "You know, after after he was a big actor, she goes, "You know, I don't understand. You're just as good-looking as Johnny Depp."
2: Oh, <laughs> <Aww>, thanks, mom. <laughs> so
3: sweet.
0: I go, "Mom, we don't it's not it's almost like we're not even the same species." <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> That's moms. Um all right, so the Essentials. This is a. Uh, they had this song "Turn Off Your Radio," which is which is kind of like a, a great anthem of the time. Yeah. But yeah. also uh, Walter uh, Chizowski. Is that how you pronounce his name? Walter. See,
2: I, I just I just abbreviate to CZ. CZ. That's what <laughs> that's what he
0: used to do too. He'd do Walter CZ. Yeah. But also another great thing about the essentials was they had the great the late great Pete Moss on drums, who went on to play with uh, right. F and he played Everybody. with uh, everybody Boise and Moss everyone and and really another such a great guy and, and gone way too soon but shout out to Pete Moss shout out to the essentials
2: I picked up this single because I was I, I picked it up at open when they were up by 163rd Street Mall right and uh, I didn't know their I didn't know their music I didn't know anything but I flipped it over and I saw that it was produced by Charlie Pickett and I was like okay I'll try it you yeah know? of course thank God I did <laughs>
0: yeah yeah it's great excellent single all right turn off your radio You're ready. Great song. It was, I think, was this also on the land that time forgot? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Which is a great, yeah, great compilation uh, put out by Open Books and Records. That's that's just a great Amazing. sampler.
2: Yep. Yeah. It's a really good snapshot of the time.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, uh, Joey, you know, one thing before I forget. I know, I mean, Joey's on, but Chris Potash is, uh, was the co-author of this book put out. Uh, he, he couldn't be on the show because he had stuff going on. But I was, I'm, I'm just curious because I remember you from back in the day. I don't remember, Chris, but did you and Chris know each other back in the day at all?
2: <laughs> no, we didn't. And that's amazing, you know, like that we were able to, like, get this book out. So I um, when I originally had the idea to start putting this book together, I have a huge collection of my old flyers and photos. Originally, I was conceiving it as a book of just like a coffee table book of flyers, you know, right, because right. I thought that, you know, we had such cool flyers, which. A lot of our flyers come from Serge, who used to work at the Cameo. Yes, Serge. Yeah, MediaWorks. You know, so he identified our visual presence. But um, as I started digging deeper, there was an old article about the Cameo that ran in the Miami News in 1988, and it showed a photo of me that I didn't even remember until like weeks later. Somebody showed it to me in real, you know, back before internet times, and it showed me in front of the Cameo theater, and the accompanying story was written by Chris so Ah, i reached out to him i was like i was like hey man was this you and he was like yeah so he was a writer he was a music writer for the miami news and i explained to him the idea that i had and i was like would you be interested in doing this with me and he was like yeah and you know i'm so thankful that he took me up on it because he had already published two books he'd written one about bob marley and one about reggae so he had publishing experience that i lacked I'm not a writer. I'm just a dude who loves music. Right, you know? right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I think you know that. You've known you've known of me and known me for long enough. I'm not a writer. I don't claim to be, but somehow Chris was able to polish what I gave him. It made it cohesive and helped me get this book finished. Yeah, yeah.
0: That, that's great, actually. And yeah, that is obviously because someone has to be a fanatical fan. Someone has to be a fanatical fan to, to even take something like this on and do it, which yeah. you are. But yeah, it's like uh, it, it's a really good combination. And just yeah, once again, I just got to say, I give you so much credit because so many people could say, oh, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do it. And they'll never fucking do it because it's too much, too much work. And it's like there's Honestly, so much work.
2: To, so to I've, follow, I've run it, into a lot of those people afterwards. Yeah, yeah,
0: well, so to follow it through after, and then you're going, going to have the nitpickers who were looking through it, just looking for their name, and then say, "Oh, you didn't, you, dude, did, you didn't do this. You dude, did this." It's like, fuck off. Do you off. know how
2: many? Do you know? I, I mean, I wish I, I should publish it at some point, right? Like all the gripes that I've gotten <laughs> afterwards. Like, oh, you didn't mention blah blah band. And of I'm course like,
0: not. Okay. It's or like,
2: you know, like on the flip side, like, hey, I just found out you're writing this book why didn't you reach out to me? I go, go check your fucking email. I wrote to you exactly, two years ago exactly. and you didn't even respond to me. I'm sure. So, you know.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. so yeah, no, I just, I, I give you so but, much credit for, cause I I realized the work involved doing it and to see it through yeah. to the end and to put out something this uh, comprehensive and really great and well done. It, it's great. You should Thank you. definitely and be proud of
2: you. a little bit more about Chris because he's not with us at this moment. Um, Chris was roommates with Richard Shelter and they lived at the, um, the Amsterdam apartments which later became the Versace mansion on Ocean Drive. Oh, right, so, right, right. Yeah, Chris was roommates with Richard. Oh, back I didn't then. realize and that. He, okay. Yeah, and he worked at the Cameo, so you might have seen him at the ticket booth or, you know, he was there all the time helping Richard out. Uh, so, okay. Yeah, That's great. He's like a he's like a, you know, right there first person, you know, to and so he had a lot of good insights, too.
0: Nice. That's great. And Richard, you know, it's funny speaking of, I just saw Richard yesterday. Me and actually um oh. yeah, me and um uh, Peter from uh, Zet Toys. We, we went viral. out to lunch with Richard. So. <laughs> nice. Living the dream. Um, all right, so uh, Psycho Daisies. We got the late, great Johnny Salton. I mean, probably one of the more
2: uh, prolific bands uh, out because they put out a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they put out at least three records on vinyl that i have you know they, they put out pushing up daisies the first one which is if, if anybody's going to jump in jump in there on yeah, yeah, Daisy. Yeah. that's like the killer album to it me. is it's great they also put out uh, 30 milligrams of your love and then they also did sonically speaking which all three of those albums got a lot of like press at the time with like the college music journal type press um then they they kept on and they put out Snowflakes falling across the international dateline. Um, God, they put out a bunch of records. They right. did. You they know, put out a bunch. And a I
0: and I would tell people if if like Charlie was our was our Stones, was our Charlie Pickett was our Rolling Stones. Psycho Daisies was our Rolling Stones. Satanic Majesty's uh, Request Era, <laughs> like <their> <laughs> Satanic <laughs> Majesty's Request Era Rolling Stones. Good,
2: good, good.
0: But Johnny also, I mean, it's of course every scene's going to say, oh, this was the guy who's a guitar player. But when Charlie Pickett uh, did one of his albums, uh, Peter Buck from R.E. And produced uh Charlie Pickett's uh, one of his records
2: Route 33 Route
0: 33 and um and he met Johnny Salton he fucking Peter Buck wrote a song about Johnny Salton that's how yeah. that's how impressed he was with him and knew that he was the real deal so i mean
2: uh yeah it it, it isn't just us saying okay. it <laughs> no 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 he was a, he was a unique talent and you know he he had such a different style and i think you know Charlie says you know he's the first time he saw him playing he played like all these different blues riffs for like 20 minutes and didn't repeat it once, you know. So he had like a depth of guitar knowledge that he drew from, really super unique.
0: Oh yes, and just a, a just a music guy through and through. I mean, I, I even later you just get In a conversation with him about music and he he just knew so much music and bands and all different kinds of music, all different kinds of bands. Yeah, but he was just a a, a student of it, a fan, and and really great guy. So let's listen to. Yep. The psycho daisies. This is wrap your arms around me.
1: Last time I saw you, you were sitting by a fire. Mama's scarf wrapped around your arm, and it a look of wild desire. Well, I thought I heard you say. Yeah, I thought I heard you say. Wrap your arms around me Wrap your arms around me Show me that you stand me a little Wrap your arms around me Well you rolled out the red carpet You with still in my blood I took a quick walk in the rain, couldn't wash off all the mud, but I thought I heard you say, Yeah, I thought I heard you say rap your
0: yeah, and it it's, it's really a shame I could only I'm only playing a clip because th- th- there's a lot that goes on and this song builds and builds. It's a longer song and it's, yeah. it's just great, and this, so.
2: this was this was Chris's pick since he couldn't be with us. Chris okay, chose good. this song. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, but yeah, just great. I would definitely if anyone is a slightly interested uh like um yeah, Joey said I would definitely.
2: And, would and to fur- further to further your analogy of the Stones, I would say like John Salton and uh Dave Fur Schneider might be like the Ron Wood Keith Richards element of that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah came sure. with the riffs and dave Schneider wrote a shit ton of really good songs
0: yep yep and uh yeah just the the real deal at the end of the day the 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 real the real deal for sure all right so now we get the front which all right so i'm gonna ask you now be honest with me did you know much yep. about the front before doing this and doing the uh you know digging into all this
2: 100 honesty nope right not a thing and not that's a Yeah, and that's what
0: blows me away of how many people didn't know because I I think a part of it is just because they weren't really uh, together that long. Uh, You know, it was kind of a short time, but there was a time, Joey. I swear they were the fucking they they were rock stars. They were fucking great. They would pack Twenty Seven Birds,
2: and people loved their guitar player Randy. Randy Rush was a was a was the most. They were like loved him.
0: Yeah, uh, Greg uh, McLaughlin, uh, lead singer and uh, lead guitarist Randy Rush. They were like. Like, unlikely rock stars, but they were fucking rock stars, uh, 100%. They were, like, tight. Their songs were, like, really smart. But they were also kind of scary. They were all, like, old. they were kind of older guys. And Randy, I mean, there's a great picture in your book of Randy on stage with a gun in his
2: holster. He's fucking (laughs) wearing a gun on stage. Like, (laughs) the funny thing is that Greg told me later, like, somebody, he got into a fight in the parking lot, and somebody took the gun away from him. Oh, God, yeah, well... But yeah, you know, there's a certain presence of being, you know, stepping on stage and you're strapped and like, what the fuck, man? You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, how could you not, the song you picked, Immigration Report, how could you not yeah. pick it? But yeah, let's listen to it. And then I got, definitely got something else I, I want. We got to discuss Immigration Report a little bit. And I
2: do want to, and I do want to, after the song, I want to give Greg all the props because he set me on this path.
0: Oh, sure. good. Okay. Okay. And and it's a great path, right? It's like, it's an unbelievable path because so. they had so many good songs and they were so great. Uh, all right, but let's listen to the uh, the single immigration report. <laughs>
3: We're the boys on the immigration desk we got our orders and we try to do our best the way we get our orders we have trouble understanding or Miami Beach, yeah. yeah
0: so so we have to say of course this this time like 1980 what did you have you had you had, you had two big things in Miami you had the the riots yeah. the Arthur McDuffie riots Arthur McDuffie. and you had yep. the Mario uh, boatlift
2: Boatlift, right.
0: But man, you were talking about how a lot of these bands were ahead of their time. This, how, like this song, what it's about, and obviously it's very uh, tongue-in-cheek and it's ironic, but it could, sure. it's about what's going on right now
2: uh, today. Yeah, you know, and I think several of the bands did that, you know, like obviously The Eat, um, Communist Radio is like yeah. right in that same Cold War time right, thing, right, The right, Cichlids, right. Tourists Are Pink, they Are Pink, rea- th- those bands as punk reporters or whatever are like reacting to the social economic background that's happening around them unfolding. And, you know, yeah. Immigration report, it's tongue in cheek, please. Everybody has to re- remember that, you know, well, you know what I, time. but you know what right. I was thinking? That's
0: funny. Ron uh, DeSantis could make it, could like license it for his uh, president for a stupid presidential <laughs> one. And he wouldn't get the irony at all. And his, his fans would eat it up.
2: Right, right, right. <laughs> totally. Um, but man, I gotta, I gotta give Greg his props because when I first started this project, you know, I was looking around on YouTube and I came across his invisible bands documentary that he had put together Yes, and man, that was like such a, an eye opener. Like you said, I'm a little bit younger. So some of, a lot of this stuff happened. Before, okay. Full, full disclosure. The first show I went to was at Flynn's and it was probably 1984, 83, and I saw Incursion because uh, the guitar player Mike Lashinsky from Incursion went to Killian High where I went. Oh, okay, so okay. Like, oh, yeah, come on out, man. I'm like, do you think I can get in? He goes, yeah, they don't care. You know? <laughs> All right. And so I got to see Incursion at Flynn's. And then I went back another time to see Z Toys. And, you know, because obviously I was in metal that time. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these bands, I missed them by right, right. five, 10 years, you know? Yep. <laughs> uh, but catching up on Invisible Bands on YouTube. Greg had put together this documentary where he just interviewed people he knew, you know, kind of prescient that he knew like the people were going to be dropping off and man, I better get them recorded, get their songs, get their story. And a lot of people have passed on, you know, since he started that, but
0: Oh yeah, Greg. It I a think, great resource. Yeah, Greg just survived uh, cancer, like a cancer scare. But I think he's doing yeah. all right. But he's like last man standing. I think maybe uh, Larry. I think may be still alive. And that's it for the front. There, are, everyone else. Is maybe
2: gone. yeah. Um, that's you know unfortunate too when you know there's like one guy left of the band and it's like ah. Uh, but Greg was very generous with his time and answered all my emails. You know, much like you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the people who answered emails. Thank you. Right. Right. <laughs> um, right. 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 But um, yeah, Greg gave me a lot of information and set me down the right paths, just like Char- Charlie was the first person who I reached out to. Right. And Charlie was like, You got to find out about Slider and you got to find out about Tight Squeeze. And I was like, What the fuck? Who are right, they? Right, right, <laughs> Yeah. But, but oh, the, the
0: beginning, sort of the beginning of that. Because yeah, they would, it, it, it yeah. was like something weird because it was just the cover clubs and then Tight Squeeze. They'd have, they would do like their own songs too, right? They would do both. They would yeah. do that. And, uh, and they yeah, sort of gotten more sl- known for that.
2: And, you know, and and I've come to really like Slider. They're like really good commercial FM radio rock. Right, you know?
3: right, 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 right. And
2: they're still playing. Billy Livesey is still playing yep. with Henry LaPlume. And it's just like, holy shit, these guys are still fucking playing. It's yeah, amazing.
0: They're really old. They're, they're older than me, so they're really old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you had mentioned Crank before. Yeah, just a band that was sort of in in and of themselves hard to describe definitely their own show but they brought it but yeah a crank show was an event you know which which is great uh which is really great and
2: i think that they came together from like what it's billy weasel from the weasels yes right right, and and then they had um john sticks galway they had um maybe fro schneider also playing you know it was basically the eggs Plus, you know? right, right, but
0: different iterations. There's a great video, uh, some videos on Bob Roop. Uh, with yeah, right, Bob Roop, and there's just some great videos. Uh, Joey Myers playing drums for them too, so I think he. That's, with right, them that's right, that's right. He wrote
2: about it in his book, Drummer of Miami Beach. There you go. Available on Jitney Press. <laughs> there you go. Yes, gotta give
0: the plug to Joey. All right, let's do a little bit of "Endless Sky" by Crank. Speaking of uh, genre hopping, they're genre hopping right into one song. <laughs> it's
2: awesome. Right? From death rock to hardcore. <laughs> there you go. I love it.
0: All right. Now, once again, Joey, I'm asking you, see, I'm, uh, we're all about honesty here. So I'm going to ask you another question. I want you to be honest with me again. The 100%. Cookies. Did did Rat Bastard turn you on to them? No. Oh, and he didn't. This
2: is a crazy fucking story, man. Okay, yeah, so- I want to
0: hear about how you oh. found out about The Cookies because they were great. Man. They were a great band, great songs. But I'm telling you, Joey, oh. I, I love them. I, I talked to people from that time and no one remembers them except rat.
2: <laughs> okay. So here's, there's, I'm going to give you the second person who carries their torch, Steve Toth. Oh, <laughs>
0: okay. Okay. Mr. Entertainment, Steve Toth. Okay. Yes.
2: Mr. Entertainment and the Pookie Smackers new single out really good. Yeah. Um, when we were at the book signing in at the Miami book fair, they, uh, f- Frank came and he starts scribbling something. We're, we're like literally me and Chris and Jill Kahn and Leslie Wimmer are sitting at this table and we're all signing books and it's really cool. And Frank comes up. He's like, hey, you got to tell everybody who comes up to get their book signed to read this. And he slaps a post-it note down that he had just scribbled on. Um, <laughs> Listen to the evil. And I'm like, the evil, man, you know, I was like, I know about the evil. Yeah. They were the sick, you know, cool sixties garage punk kind of sounding band from, you know, Miami. Right. And they did a cover of the pretty faces, you know, I was like, yeah, man, I know about the evil. And then when I was telling Steve, Steve Toth was there and I told him that story He goes, he's like, fuck, man, he should have told you about the cookies. And I was like, what, what are the cookies? He's like, you don't know. And I'm like, no, I don't know. So I only learned about the cookies through Steve after the book was already published. Oh, unfortunate okay, okay. cuz if I had known about them or if I get the chance to add them in in another edition, the cookies are fucking amazing. They're Holy amazing. Shit.
0: They were great, but it's weird no one like I said Rat was the one that turned him on. Frank, by the way, he's talking about Frank. That's Frank is Rat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Frank. Frank. But he's
0: yeah, but he would go on about the cookies and no one like I would I would I would ask uh, Eddie from the Eat and all these people, do you remember the cookies? And he's like, I maybe, but it's like no so really the only
2: them. one who who remembers them is Greg from the front. He was like, Oh yeah, they opened some shows for us. I remember them. Oh, they weren't okay, around okay. that long. I was like, okay, so that's the kind of period is like I guess 80, 81 is when they were around.
0: Oh, right, right. Okay. But, uh, but you picked a great song because do you know, like, do you have any backstory? Do you know why they wrote a song called Get Out of
2: LA? I'm still learning, man. So I have to, uh, being 100% honest with you, like, I'm still learning the cookies. And I just friended the, the bass player, Mike, and we've been talking on Facebook. Oh, nice, nice. Very nice. cool guy. But no, I don't know the story.
0: All right. Well, when you find out, you could let me know. But <laughs> I think it's cool anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's Miami bands writing a song called Get Out of LA. Great song
2: and they have a good. bunch of great songs, right? Yeah. And if if uh, anybody wants to dig deeper on it, Frank has them hosted on his website, squelchers.net.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, he does.
2: <laughs> yeah. So if you want to hear them, there's like about a good 12 songs on there. They're fucking are, good. Yeah. Super like fresh sounding power pop to me. Right, 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 like, right. They could they could be like the nerves or something, you know?
0: Yeah, 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 for sure. And and yeah, just another great example of just how like varied uh, the bands were down here and just how uh you know definitely not a uh, cookie cutter bands uh, down here i, I feel like don't, don't you feel like there's more are you a surprise in a way about how much interest you're getting in the book and uh, the reaction you get are you surprised in a way because i to be honest i am i, am, I kind of am.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't know what it was gonna you know is this gonna go anywhere but there's a lot of people who want to know this history i think you know uh one of the things i talked about at the book fair was like Miami, South Florida, it's very, um, disposable culture wise, you know, like there's a lot of turnover and there's a lot of reinventing and tearing right. down the old and building up the new. And if you drive through South Florida right now, you'll see, all, you know, these huge fucking skyscraper condos and all that, but people don't preserve their past there. They don't, there's no resource that, you know, kind of tells you the story of what you come from. Um, I hope this book does that in some small way, or at least inspires people to go find out even more
0: yep all right so now you put the pre you had to put the preachers on there why because who is in the preachers
2: richard shelter <laughs> and of course the stunning guitar player nick kane
0: yes right? nick kane who ended up playing with the mavericks, mavericks and, uh, yeah. who else did nick kane play for
2: fuck dude i don't know i forgot yeah i think he was in ico ico yeah uh but yeah just a killer slide guitar player and I I put the Preachers in sort of the same camp as I put Charlie uh, in a way because it's very roots-oriented, blues rock, swampy. Yeah, yeah, right. Man, and it, you know, one of my favorite bands is the Gun Club, and both of them, I hear echoes of the Gun Club in there, so that's what I, I like about the Preachers.
0: Yeah, and just real quick, we should mention Richard Shelter. I mean, he brought, all right, obviously, uh we were talking about clubs. He he had uh the only, like, the original clubs were, first it was 27 Birds, and then Blitz for a short while, in Hialeah, and then mm-hmm. Flynn's, and Cameo. He brought, like, a black flag, TSOL, Dead Boys, Dead Kennedys. He brought bands like that down to South Florida, but amazingly, yeah. he brought the Gun Club down to yeah. Hialeah, and I was Which at so yeah, crazy. I was at that show, and it was just um. And I of course I learned about the Gun Club through Charlie Pickett because he was a huge fan. Uh, and you know that album uh, Fire Love, I got it, and then they came and played. But yeah, none of that would have ever happened without Richard.
2: So I mean, and. I don't know. I've been trying to ask questions to the people who I think might know, but I kind of think that Jeffrey Lee stayed in South Florida after, he did, you know, like well, after that yeah. visit. And I think he was writing some of what became Las Vegas story or Miami or any of those. He was writing it while he was like holed up in a shitty hotel.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Because that was a beach. totally different, yeah. South beach at that time, it was totally different. It was just like uh, oh, yeah. desolate. It was like old people, you know, old, old people. Retirees. And then that was it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's great though all right but let's listen to a little bit Uh, Preachers the song you picked was Elizabeth Kane Stuff, good stuff. Now, all right. So you ended. I mean, uh, as we said, this is just this is a mixtape that um Joey put together. He, I'm sure he could have put together a totally different one if it, I asked him at a different time. So you know, we're
2: going to put the eat in there too. We have to. Well, the that's a Yeah, way. we'll get him in there.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> all right, uh, you ended it with fuck boys, which I'm not as familiar with. But were they <laughs> f boys? Were they f boys first and then fuck boys, or did was it the other way around?
2: I I'm not sure, you know. Because I, I remember I, I, was just, I used them both interchangeably, right. and they were from Fort Lauderdale. I know that my band at the time we played with them a bunch of times, and they were like my favorite, like other local band while while we were playing. one of one of a couple, you know. Right, right. I, I love the Fuck Boys. They were just so good.
0: Yeah. And they were, I guess, sort of in the vein of a uh, gay cowboy is in bondage, maybe just like writing. Yeah, these I, mean, really I like... would
2: say if you want to make like a national comparison, I would say they were kind of like the meat men. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. They, they exactly. were like they had costume changes. They had props. Right. They had funny <laughs> fucking songs. They, You know, the singer was named Seaweed. Uh, Seaweed would come out dressed like in an Elvis suit and then he'd come back out. And he'd be wearing like a fucking I don't know, like a sombrero or something. You know, he always had like these different costume changes. The, the songs were really well done. Uh, one time, I think they did Meatloaf's Paradise by the Dashboard Lights in its entirety. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> how do you not love that, right? Love it. Yeah, oh, they were great. You know and um, the drummer, George, George Gracatania, went on to be in Cell 63. He was in Jobbernal with Fausto. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, that's right, George. Yeah, George, man. And then he has the Van Orsdals. I think they're still kind of going now as like a psychobilly kind of thing.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so, great! Uh, I, yeah, I wasn't even—I I didn't even realize that. All right, but how we yeah, get uh, Fuck Boys with their with their number one hit should have been <laughs> "Don't <laughs> Fuck Me Up." So I'm sick and doing absolutely
3: nothing, I think I am the winner that I get dressed. Look in the mirror, check my hair, yes it looks all right. There's a girl at the club, she wants to dance with me. That's my hand and I follow. When the sun from the darkest depths of a kid, she's met in my eyes before. Something called love. It's weird, but it feels all right. It makes me think it does. Then she makes me feel like a Jesus Christ. Then she makes me feel. Alright,
0: great, great stuff. So
3: yeah, I hope, you know,
0: I I hope well, actually, I hope I don't. I don't give a shit if people uh, if no one uh, if no one cares about these South Florida bands. This is <laughs> I think they're great. I think this is a great uh, mixtape. And uh, you. you know, I'm sorry. I, I think it, 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 if if you come from somewhere that had a great music scene, fine. Good for you. Start a podcast. Make your own book. Whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but we've all heard that shit. You know, we've all read the books and seen seen the documentaries about Austin, about about New York, yes, about L.A., about yes, like Francisco, right. about Seattle, about every fucking other scene. Right. But nobody touched South Florida. What about the land that, that was,
3: time
0: forgot,
2: right? The, the land that time forgot at the edge of the world. <laughs> That's
0: it. All right, so once but again, yeah. it's uh, it's Punk Under the Sun, 80s Punk and New Wave in South Florida with Joey Seaman and Chris Potash. It's available at... Hozac Books. That's H-O-Z-O-Z.
2: <laughs> right. Okay. Short for Horizontal Action, His Old Family. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: That's what Seattle mean. Yeah, this was great, though, Joey. Thanks. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank
2: you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This is fun.
0: Thanks again, Joey. for Coming on, don't forget, everyone, you can follow me on, Insta- on Instagram and Facebook. It's at that record got me high on exits at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. If you want to become a patron of the show and help out, you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH. Become a preaching.
1: I appreciate it.
0: Alright, Joey, thanks again for coming on.
2: Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it.
0: I'm Rob Elba. We'll see you all next week someone here.
1: Oh McDuffie told me I find hard to believe. Five cops are trying to stop him and he still succeeds. Strangest case of suicide I've ever seen